Welcome to My Limited View with Sergio Novoa and Vanessa Wilkins, where we share stories and expand our views. I flirt with my therapist. Stop giving your love. This one time on Muni, your parents love you. He was my first. Life is good. It felt like home. Secrets. We all have a story. What's yours? What's yours? What's yours? What's yours? Excellent. Well, welcome. Our special guest for today is Ruth Henry. Welcome, Ruth. How are you? I am doing well. How are you? I am doing great. This is my friend Vanessa. I thought you guys may have met before, but apparently not. No, no I, I don't think I remember seeing her before. Her she's, hair was different. Uh, she's lovely. I would have remembered this beautiful creature. Ah. So, oh, yeah. yeah. So Ruth and I met when I was 19 years old. Oh, good Lord. I'm so sorry, Ruth. Are you okay? <laughs> I am doing great. <laughs> <laughs> so we met when I was 19 years old. Do you remember how we met? Yes. You know, I remember I was working for the Department of Public Health. Yes. And do I go on? Oh, yeah. Okay. And you came in to be tested for the HIV virus. Mm -hmm. And it was my, I look back and all of that was my beautiful privilege to give him his results. And he came in and he was a little nervous. And I said, oh, cool down. Everything's okay. And I gave him the results and he was a-okay. And um, somehow or the other, we got to talking about an education, and he wanted to go to school, oh, wow. but he, he didn't know how to do it. I said, okay. So I told him to come by. He came in my office. I had him sit at my desk. I said, now, with this application, you can read and you could write. So all I want you to do is sit here and fill out the application. This was the application for City College. And... Um, because there was somebody else in the front office who was also going to school, and his name was Jerome. And so I didn't want the young kid, you know, at the time, think that I wanted to be, like, more aggressive with him or anything. So I said, but there's an, someone else going to school there, and it's, his name is Jerome, and he would help you, too. He said, no, I'd like you to help me. I said, <laughs> okay. So he filled the application out, and I told him what I always do. I hand carry all applications to institutions like this and keep a copy for myself. So if I need to find out about it later, I could say, well, I have my copy. You should have one, too. So that's how we met. Yes, I went into, a friend of mine went to the city clinic to have a procedure done. And while we were there, the, the guy said, would you be interested in doing uh, an HIV test? And I had never had one because I was 19. And I said, sure. And back then, you would have to wait a couple of weeks for your results. Right. So I went in to get my results, and Ruth is the one who gave me my results. And we stayed in contact ever since. That's nuts. So yeah, that's wonderful. It's a beautiful story, but that's nuts. And yeah. then you went the went the extra step to try to help him better himself. Yeah, that's really so. We've been friends ever since. Now, where are you from originally, Ruth? Nassau, Bahamas. Uh, like we say, or the the Commonwealth of Nassau, Bahamas. Okay. Ah, and that's where um, Sidney Poitier is from, right? Yes. So I, I'm not finished with this book, but I started reading his book. It was so uh -huh. inspiring. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he talks about being from there. He didn't realize he was black until he came to Florida. Are you serious? Yeah. No, because he just said where I came from, everyone was like us. So didn't he didn't have this distinction, the stigma of, the, stigma of the way black, it is in this I'm country mm -hmm. and yeah. what it comes with it. And he said, he said he remembered, if I'm not mistaken, he went to deliver a pizza or something like that. And the person said, 
don't use the front door, use the back door. And that's when he had this aha moment of like, oh, I'm viewed differently here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I found his book very, um, very inspiring. Um, Harry Belafonte's book, so inspiring too, by the way. Oh my God, his story, so amazing. Um, So yeah, so Ruth and I have been friends for quite a long time. And Ruth, do you consider yourself a Christian? Are you, is that, would that be a right title? Yes, yes. You're a Christian, right? I love the Lord. And what exactly is a Christian, for your definition? Okay. First, there's the Holy Bible. Mm -hmm. And and you read in that, you tell that Jesus was God's son who came from heaven, gave up the glories of heaven to die for us. It's a beautiful story, and I just have to let you know, I don't know, I I get carried away when I start talking about it, Uh you know, because... The Garden of Eden was once on this earth. But when God created the sun, the moon, the stars, and all like that, and he did it in six days, the seventh day he rested from all his work. But before he rested from his work, he made Adam, and then he made he created Eve from a rib from him. And they sinned. God gave them this beautiful garden to be in. And he said, you could eat of all the fruit of the trees in the garden, but one I'm asking you not to eat of, the tree of um, knowledge and good and evil. The tree of, I'm sorry, the the fruit from the tree of knowledge and good and evil. Well, one day, Miss Eve decided she would wander away from the side of her husband, and that's where the, the serpent tempted her to eat the fruit because, look at me, I'm eating it and I'm not dying. But it was not immediate death that will happen to Adam and Eve if they ate of this forbidden fruit. And so growing up, going to church with my parents, we read these stories from the Bible, and I believed it, you know. And nothing today has changed. It's the same old story, you know. So Christian is following the Bible. Following Jesus. He came to earth to show us the way. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, I grew up religious, as you may have known. Well, I grew up in a Catholic household. Mm-hmm. But the way I saw religion used and manipulated, mm-hmm. it turned me off to religion. Um, and especially when it came to the Bible, because I remember thinking, the Bible, people say it's the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Technically not, I thought. It's the Word. One, it was written hundreds of years later, and it was the interpretation of people who who wrote it and i always found myself conflicted because of how i viewed religion one of the things that i love and i appreciate about our friendship is that i've known from day one that you believe in god you pray you go to church you do all these wonderful things and out of all the people i've met in life i've only met three people who are christians who to me carry themselves in such a manner like oh this person is a true christian you're loving you're kind you're accepting you're generous you're not judgmental or at least that's a display i don't know what goes on in between in people's own mind (laughs) you know what i mean like i don't want to assume that everyone's a saint but what i really appreciate about you and our friendship was that that this is who ruth is she believes in god you oh anytime we've had a meal we always do a little prayer um and I'm fascinated by that because my experience with religion has always been negative. What's Vanessa, what's your take on religion? I I have a strong sense of spirituality and I I have a need and a want to honor tradition 
So even though I was raised around a Catholic family, my mom was trying to find herself as a young woman. So I had exposure to a lot of Eastern philosophy. I went to ashram. Um, I had Jewish friends who took me to mosque. Um, and so uh, I've, I've just had, I, I believe, a great opportunity to explore how religion can shape people for good and for bad. And so I, I'm not so cut, you know, definitive on on religion is bad. I I believe it has a place, um, but I for myself I tend to. I'm, am I close enough to the mic? For myself, I I tend to um, honor what each tradition says, and for the most part, I I truly believe that all is one. No matter when you get down to the brass tacks of each tradition, each reading all is one and it's about love and it's about um being there for your for your family for your neighbor and so uh i i, I don't think religion is bad i think it can be used has been, has been used very terribly and to to put shame onto people and to i mean gosh look at the spanish inquisition we can just you yeah. know through history there's just so many I think that's where I struggle with it. Yeah. It's like it's been people justify their bad be, bad behavior in the name of God, and I've always you know when I I and how selective people are about the Bible. They choose the verses and things that apply to them and that benefit them, and then chastise everyone else for not following it. So I read well. I didn't finish reading the Bible because it's quite the lengthy book, but I started reading the Bible. <laughs> yes, and I remember I told Ruth that she was really excited about it. <laughs> And I remember when I first, when, as I was reading it, and, and my friend Tony and Robin, which you've met, those, mm-hmm. those are the other two Christians that I know who are genuine, like true Christians in, in every positive sense of the word. And I remember I would call him and say, hey, so I'm reading this section here and I'm a little confused. <laughs> and I think I struggle when people interpret the Bible so literally uh-huh. and then omit the things that don't, they don't like. I'm like, if you're going to go literal, then you have to apply the whole book. Oh, that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> but I think a lot of it is more the fables and the stories and the message behind it as opposed to the literal words that are written. Like, that's what I ended up getting out of it. Mm. The one good thing I got out of reading the Bible, as much as I read, we're created in God's image. Right. God is inside us. Yes. Everything is godly. And if you're in tune with who you are, then that's what you get. And then that's how you treat your neighbor yeah. as yourself. That's that's how. That's you know, the whole principle is built on love. Yeah. And God is waiting to see His love portrayed in our hearts that will react toward Sergio, toward everybody, toward Vanessa. You know, but somehow, people there are a lot of people who try to do this, just like the man that mm. allowed me to park and to block his driveway. Yeah. And he was so delighted to see the thing that I took the time to ask him. I said, why, of course I have to, because, you know, it wouldn't be kind of me to be blocking your driveway and going off, yeah. you know? So, you know, yeah, it's just th- little bits of kindness, random acts of kindness will cure the world of a whole lot of its ills. Yeah, but that's not the world we live in when you think about it. I mean, you look at one war after another and then people claiming religion as the reason for what they're doing. Um, That's what's always kept me away. I remember going to church as a little boy 
in my early 20s and the people that were always at the front and they were like the nice and whatever as soon as you got them out of church they were terrible people and, and I remember thinking, oh my God, these people are terrible. I don't want to be like that. It's such a denial of everything that they were sitting up in church, maybe doing, call mm. themselves worshiping the Creator. Yeah. But then their hearts weren't right. And God forbid you take their seat. Oh, child. Yeah. And I'm thinking, what's all this Bible and God and loving when, look at, you're a nasty person. And I think I saw such a contrast within my family mm -hmm. and other people that I remember thinking, I may not go to church every Sunday, but I don't do half the things you do that are harmful to other people. And I have heard the same thing repeatedly in my short time being on this planet because they do things that, just like you say, they're one way they go in maybe a converted Christian and come out like somebody else who never heard of Christianity. Yeah. Now, how does, um, when you think of God, what, what's, if you had to describe it to someone who's never heard of it, someone who has just never heard of this concept of God in the Bible, mm -hmm. how would you describe it to them? Well, I would have to let them know the belief about God as you read about him in the Bible you have to take an act of faith to believe it all. Because I have never seen God at any time. But I know by learning to pray to Him and to entrust my life with Him, I do know that there is a God out there because prayers have been answered. And it isn't every time that I pray I get the answer I need, but for some reason or the other I feel like, well, maybe God doesn't want me to have such and such a thing right now. But it's just by faith we believe there is a God. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. That's okay. Yeah. And I, I agree with that. Mm -hmm. Like everything you just said, I'm like, okay, I'm on board with that. Mm -hmm. But some will claim, and this is an argument I've heard, I can't say that it's my argument per se, but that's not taking any ownership or responsibility for what we're capable of. So the way I see it is that, okay, God sacrifices one and only son. If he sacrificed him for me, mm -hmm. I'm gonna live this life to the fullest. I want that sacrifice to be well worth your time. Ooh. So that's how I, so that's one way I see it. But you know, Sergio, I have recently, my prayers have been going in the same area. I said, Lord, I do not want your death, dying to forgive me of my sins, go to vain, in vain, yeah. or be in vain. I, I want it. to make good of what your sacrifice meant for me so that I could eventually be walking the streets of gold yeah. in so, the future. So, I mean, I, 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 I see that, but I just feel like, if God is, you know, again, what I got from the Bible is God is in us. I think we're not trained to look inward for answers. We're, society functions on looking outwardly for mm -hmm. either validation, confirmation, or anything. So I think if you really follow the word of God, you look inward. <laughs> and if you look inward, all the answers are there. That's right. But w no one's teaching us that. No one's teaching kids to do that or to see things that way. Well, they have parents who should be training them, but they're not. Oh, yeah. And, and the parents weren't trained. And as we've learned, we've had a therapist here last week. We duplicate what we know. Mm -hmm. It's just a fact. And the more conscious and aware you are of yourself, you have the potential of maybe breaking that cycle. 
Um, so when I see religion, and I, I mean, I looked at everyone in my family, I'm like, oh, I don't need to follow that. That's terrible. These are not the people that I want to emulate. Mm-hmm. So I think religion, on some level, is in agreement. Had you been born in a household that was an atheist household, and God was never mentioned, you might see the world differently. Would I you think agree? you're absolutely right with that, yes. Because you see and act what is around you. Uh-huh. And as a person grows older like you have, you wanted to know some of the things that was in the Bible and all like that. You took the time to read. And that was God's spirit in you telling you, if you want to read and have some answers to these things, well, read the Bible. And you seem to have been, as she was sharing with me, like you were very pleased with some of the things you were coming across that you probably didn't come in contact with before. Well, I think what I got, well, to in all fairness, my selfish reason for reading it is because I got so sick and tired of people arguing about same-sex marriage and how homosexuality is bad. <laughs> And I'm like, where in the Bible is... looking for it. Yeah, I'm like, where in this Bible is this passage? And as I'm reading, I'm like, uh, there are a thousand other things you're not allowed to do. And you're picking this one? <laughs> I'm like, really? This is the one you're going to put your energy and focus on? So uh, in all fairness, I read the Bible. So if any Bible-thumping person was going to come my way and talk about your sinners, you're going to burn in hell and your blah, 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 I would have a, like, I can actually speak truth to power because I've read the book. Mm-hmm. So that was my reason. Yeah. Um, what I got out of it too as well is that I, I think I struggle just like I would with the Constitution when people interpret it so literally. I got the message. I think all the messages are beautiful. I think all the, the fables, all the stories to give you a better grounding, a connectivity with your community, with your family, with I, I appreciated all of that. Mm-hmm. I just think I can enjoy all of those things. Like I love, I think it's called Shabbat in Judaism mm-hmm. that every Friday they get together, they light a candle, they apologize to each other for any harm they did and they spend this time together. I'm like, we don't have to call it Shabbat. We don't have to call it anything. Just the gathering of with your friends and family, that's important. Sergio, I experienced the same thing Friday night. We had a, st- uh, we had a Emmanuel, oh. <laughs> Emmanuel Temple. Ah. We had Shabbat Shalom. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. So they, I, th- I like the, the concept of it, not necessarily connecting it to a religious act. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Like I believe there is a higher power mm-hmm. other than myself. Mm-hmm. And I call it the universe. I feel that the universe will put in front of you what it is you need to learn and to take you to the next level. At times I call it God. Um, I grew up Catholic, so there are some things that are just difficult to break. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've, I found, I, I find myself conflicted, like even the whole thing about that, the rib and Adam, and I'm like, uh, I don't know how I feel about that story. Like on some level, you have to drink the Kool-Aid. Like, like you said, there has to be a, a certain amount of faith that you just have to go along without questioning it. They say if your faith is just as large as a grain of mustard seed, It'll take you there. Oh, oh, wow. That's. And they say a mustard seed is very small. Yeah. So I think the way how it's outlined in the Bible, it's supposed to let you know I have a guide to go by. I don't have to wander in the wilderness and be lost, you know? And then we have the commandments. We have to, you know, not we have to. We only 
Do all these things that you read in the Bible if you have built up a love relationship with Jesus. And if you don't have that, well, you're standing on, you're not standing on solid ground. But God is not willing that anybody should perish. He will speak to each heart and commune with them to say, I am the way, walk ye in it. So when you say have a relationship with Jesus, um, what, what does that look like? For me, it's like he's my guardian. Okay. And I could tell him everything that's not right with me and ask him to help me to be in the image that he'd like me to be. Like when I ever I've been sick, had surgery, it is to him I committed my whole entire being to that hopefully everything will go right for me under the doctor's scapnel. And it has come out just that. There was one time I had to be reversed. I had major surgery, and instead of when they were excubating me from the tube, and when they was pulling it out, they saw that my blood pressure was dropping fast, dropping fast, and I heard when they said, hey, stop, let's give her a shot. And I wonder, what kind of shot was I supposed to be having? But they saw right then that if they didn't act and give me that injection, they would have lost me. And while I know before I had my surgery, I had prayers ascending on high for me from the Bahamas and throughout America and from my church. So you don't think that that part in part was due to the fact of the the professionalism and the and the medical science yeah, advancements? Yeah. They had a whole lot to do with it, but without God's watching over me, I wouldn't have made it. Hmm. Okay. So the way you honor it or the way you see it is that all those things are fine with the advancements of medicine and their knowledge and how they apply to themselves, but the thing above it that's making it all possible is Right, because without him, you know, the good book says, without him we do not live or breathe. We are not breathing on our own. We are only breathing because he's permitting us the privilege of being alive. I think when, you, when I hear it worded that way, I feel like there's a puppet master in the background saying, but again, had I grew up in a household that was not religious mm-hmm. and no one ever mentioned God, I would still breathe because there are people who exist in the world that are not religious, do not believe in God, do not follow the Bible, and they still breathe. So, And also people that ex- existed way before our, uh, the Christianity. So... I think that's where I find the conflicting things yeah. for me of like, wait, something could be equally 100% true and also something way opposing is also true. I So here's my take on it. I, I really, I don't struggle with it. I'm, and maybe I have just made it up in my own head. So it makes sense for me. But if you, if, a, if one truly believes that all is one and that we are connected, um, cause that's what most religions are saying. We, we are connected. We're connected by a, what you, you want to call, you can call it life force. You can call it God. You can call it Gaia. You can call it goddess. In my opinion, then there is it. Then we are all, um, moved by one force or our life force mm-hmm. in, in my opinion puppet master is, is uh, it's kind of tough to take but yes to a certain degree 
And we all affect one and one another. And I do believe that. I mean, I, I someone did an, I astro- an astrology chart for me, and she was able to point out things about my past that were already kind of designated to happen. And I remember when we were done with the session, I thought, how much control do we really have of our life? Is it already set in motion? Because she could tell that when I was five, six years old that I moved. She goes, there was a big shift in your life when you were about five or six years old. And yes, I moved from Central America to the United States. And she got this solely by having my name, date of birth, what time I was born, and where I was born. And she gave me an entire chart that said all these shifts that happened in my life. And I just thought it was, this woman knew nothing about me other than that basic information. Yeah, Ruth, do you believe in people who are clairvoyant, who can see um, paths? Um, I think most Christians don't believe in that. I don't know, I'm curious. What's your take on that? I Especially come from the Bahamas, because don't they practice Bahama some Mama. stuff? Oh yeah, they have a lot of stuff over there going on to voodoo and what have you. Uh-huh. But um, having brought up in the whole household that I was um, reared in, I just have to stand in the Word of God because He tells us these false people will arrive and they will um, say that they could tell the prophecy and all like that. And it's predicted. So they're doing what the Bible has written on them to do. How about the fact that something can coexist? Because I've known, I knew a friend and she had this gift. And I was like, wow, like, how do you know that? And she was like, oh, I just, I got, when we were talking, this vision came to me and she was a hundred percent accurate. And even the person, um, I met my father three years ago and he was living in Central America. And the only way I found him is this, I used to do martial arts, as you remember. Mm. I, I ran into the father of one of the students and he practices Santeria. And he was just talking to me and asking me questions about stuff. And then I said something about my father and he said, yeah, your father's alive. He lives in, you know, you're going to find him. Sure enough, within like 10 days, I connected with him. And then fast forward a year, I went to see him and I actually got to meet him face to face. And he, this person has this gift. So Ruth, do you believe this? So this gentleman that's giving Sergio this information, do you believe he's a false prophet? Well, you know, the devil is, I mean, I want to be very careful what I say because. <laughs> We're never careful. You, so. you know, the, <laughs> the thing. Go for it. Let no, it rip. No, but, you know, but the, thing, the subject you're dealing with, you know, it's out there in the universe and a lot of people believe in it. Not but, so much believe in it, but that it can exist. Well, okay, so. Like, veg- like vegans. They exist, you know. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. so the thing about it, knowing that force is out there, yes, these things are happening and will happen. But, you know, I would not want to put my thoughts on that or even commit myself. She's not putting her spiritual eggs in that basket. Oh, no, no, I wouldn't say putting, I wouldn't say. <laughs> I like how you put that. <laughs> I, wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't say you're putting your spiritual eggs. What I've encountered with some Christians when I've presented stuff like this, they're not even open to the possibility of hearing about it because they don't want anything to challenge their view and challenge what their their core belief is. And I feel like if your belief is that strong, this is not going to impact it. Well, the thing about it, it doesn't bother me one bit because I know. Yeah. I know that from whence it comes. Yeah. You know? And there are many people believe it. 
And so I don't try to work with them and beat them over the head, say, no, it's this way. It's, uh-uh, no, it's not that way. Yeah. God has... And that's one of the things that I appreciate about you. I know your beliefs, but you never shoved religion down my throat or shut me off because I don't follow it to the degree that you do. Well, well I, and I think that's the true Christian way, yeah, right? The that, Christian way is to be kind, yeah. warm... And love thy neighbor. And, and that's love the other thing I got right? from the Bible. And because of my love for Sergio, I would be more than rude... Just to say, well, look, no, we can't talk about that. But he knows that he has been able to discuss anything with me. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ruth. He, man, man. As I talk about it, oh, so, I've had so many inappropriate conversations in my life. Especially, I don't know what that test result was like, that talk. <laughs> oh, I was, so, I was so innocent back then. Oh, uh, yeah. And by, not that I'm, you know, not to bring stigma to it. I'm still negative. I managed to keep myself negative the entire time. Oh, yeah. Um, you mentioned earlier prayer. Um, I believe in prayer. I just don't believe it in the way that people see it when it comes to religion. To me, prayer is almost like a meditation mm-hmm. and a hypnosis of yourself. It's almost like a positive affirmations. There's the same thing. I can use prayer for good where I am wishing everyone around me well and it's just me spending that time kind of repeating that mantra over and over. Mm-hmm. Or... I could be a complete negative Betty and put hatred out into the world, and that's also going to come across. Now, some people call it prayer, and I get the word, but that's how I see it. Like when you said, because of your prayers and uh, your surgery came out fine, and I'm like, okay, what if I just said everything's going to come out fine? Like that's the school I come from. Mm-hmm. Like I encounter challenges all the time, and I every morning I get in my car and I say, Sergio, everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to work out. Everything's going to be okay. And there are times I will literally turn off my music and just say it out loud as I'm driving to work. Mm-hmm. Today's going to be a good day. Everything's going to be okay. That's prayer. Oh, yeah. That's meditation. Yeah, yes, yeah. Chanting. Yeah. I think, I, I think sometimes I get stuck on when people are so adamant that it's this. And if you don't follow that, you're not this. And it's like, no, not necessarily. Like, I don't have the power to tell the future, but my friend's fa- father does. And he was able to identify my father and he said, you're going to meet him and he's alive and you have other siblings. And sure enough. And I was like, oh, thank you. All I needed was that little nudge. And it was really basic. All I did is I went on Facebook and I put in his name and he popped up. What are the odds that a man who's 70 years old living in a third world country has social media? I mean, (laughs) seriously, what are the odds? (laughs) I mean, I can barely function my phone. I can barely use my phone Thank as it you, is. Thank you, Facebook. Seriously. And I mean, I did think about contacting Facebook and say, by the way, this is one good thing that's come out of it. Because me personally, like, I'm not a fan of social media. But I, that was the little nudge I needed. And I was able to meet my father. And when I spoke to my father on the phone, the healing that I got from just talking to him and then seeing him face to face, that would have not happened had it not been for this guy. So, so where was he all this time? Was he over here? He was in Central America. Central- my, my mother was a bit reckless, mm-hmm. so we did not really have um, a relationship. And he just, he didn't know what happened to me. So, so and he's quite religious too, by the way, my father. I, would, yeah. I think a lot of, not, again, not huge umbrella, but I think a lot of uh, brown people, especially since a lot of them were conquered and religion was thrusted in there, a lot of them are trapped by religion. I mean, I know so many Latino people who 
are willing to even politically vote against their own rights because this person claims, you know, God, this and the other. I'm like, this person's terrible. So what if they believe in God? Yeah. So I, I, this is the part I wrestle with. So, um, how, what is your take on religion and, and those, I guess, false prophets who, I guess that's what you would say. They're false prophets. People who try to, um, use the word of God and the Bible to, um, either make people feel bad about themselves or tell them that they are less human, um, or that they are, or women are supposed to do X, Y, or Z. Do you have a, do you have a take on that, Ruth? How do you reconcile these yeah. con- contradictions, I guess, on some level? Um, or maybe you do believe a woman's role is at home, barefoot and pregnant. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I believe a woman and she should, you know, conduct herself in a way that it makes her feel comfortable living with herself and dealing with her fellow man. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I'm losing the train of the off the part of the question you want me to how do you reconcile reconcile i feel like there are people use religion like for example um i don't believe it says anything in the bible about being gay i do know that said there's something about sodomy right mm-hmm. and and um sodomy highly Gomorrah. recommend it yeah <laughs> yeah and i know you knew if you haven't tried it, Gross. Go. <laughs> I did it no fun no fun my point is my point is that is that how do you, rec- you so here you are you're this Christian woman you, you follow the word of God and I just imagine this 19 year old crazy Latino boy gay man but I was not nearly as I am now I'm, I was much tamer yes what was your take of me at 19 let's deviate for a second what did you, what was your take when you met me very innocent I thought yeah what? I was really innocent yeah. I told you had you and I met when I was and 20 I would have not connected and so much so the only thing I think that maybe threatened him if you don't mind me saying this but it's a good one um it was christmas when christmas came Ah. i thought about him and i said oh i'll give him a gift but he couldn't understand why i gave him the gift i said "Uh oh what did i do so he said i said sergio it's christmas time and i don't know if you have somebody who would be giving you a gift and all i want to give this to you as a gift what did you give him I gave him a beautiful sweater. Yes. And that was major for you. Oh, that was huge. I mean, I feel emotional just hearing it right now. You know, and I just tried to make him feel comfortable, you know, because like how we meet now, we embrace each other and all like that. None of that was going on. Sure. Because I want him to stay secure in his own domain. Then wasn't this old lady trying to come over him and... You know, just say, well, okay, you're going to have to be my friend. No, no, no. It's only now that, you know, it's like, like, if I was related to him, he couldn't treat me any nicer. (laughs) Well, so Woody, how do you, how did you wrestle with the fact you are helping with um, testing for HIV, HIV, probably young gay men, and in the Bible, or at least in the church, in the, 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 the church, it says, people are touting that this is not an okay thing to be. How do you wrestle with that? I'm curious. Well, I didn't wrestle with it at all because I felt like it was a job. This was my job to do this. Mm. And then I had to go to the schools and I said, you know what? These people are human just like me. 
I said, and I will treat everybody that comes in here as if it was Jesus. Mm. And so whatever the ailment was, I took care of it. Whatever they, sometimes they just came and wanted to talk and cry. Mm. I let them do it because I knew that this was healthy for them to do. And I said, anytime you want to come back again, I'll be right here. Gave them the hours, you know. And I found that my job became such a delight because I was meeting a lot of beautiful people. Mm. And I accept them. The gay, whatever, the transgender, they got the best of my service. I tried to give the best of my service to everybody who came through those doors. That sounds like a true Christian. So, and this is what I mean. She's like, a true Christian. Geez, you're, like, when I think of Christianity and people who say they're Christians, I only have three people in my mind. Mm-hmm. That's you, Tony, and Robin. Because I often felt like I could be somebody out there coming through these doors, too. Yeah. Not only being gay, but could be something worse than that. Yeah. And I mean, well, I don't know what like, could be worse than that. That makes it sound like that. a bad thing. <laughs> you know, but <laughs> there's nothing about, worse than being gay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, be short and unattractive. <laughs> we discovered that doesn't help. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> no, but I have a lot of people who I love and they're gay. They've come to my house. They sat at my table. We ate food together. We go out together. And I think it's a beautiful life. And sometimes I refer to uh, the, I guess I could say the now big generation Mm -hmm. when people want to say, um, I'm losing my train of thought. But anyhow, it was that, oh, I know. When people, my other friends, the straight so-called people, yes. when they're doing their thing and all like that, and this one is excluded, the next one is excluded, and I just proudly tell them, I say, you know what? If you were around gay people r- around the holidays or whenever it is, they will not allow you to be by yourself on a holiday. Mm. I said, and this is one thing I say those people have going good for themselves. Because yeah. I know what it is like to be, well, invite everybody except Ruth. This was years ago. I made a dumb mistake in my life. Mm-hmm. And they, up to now, I don't know how many years has gone by. And like, I haven't been forgiven. And so I said, you know what, what the heck? I don't live for these people. I live for God. Right. So you don't believe in ostracizing anybody no, no matter what. No, not they... at all. And mm. I was I was sick. I have a cousin. He was over here. I don't know if you ever met Arnold, but he is gay. Huh. And I would go to church with him on Sundays sometimes. And I just love the fact that I said, Ruth, Thanksgiving is coming up. What are your plans? Because if you don't have any plans, we have plans. We'd like to invite you to where we're going to be. And I have never forgotten that. I Mm. felt so special. Yeah. I think, well, one, the gays love to throw a party. I mean, any excuse to throw a party, they'll do it. (laughs) And gays love black women. And the many you have thrown. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I was throwing some parties back in the day. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think... I mean, everything you're saying, I, I, this is why I wanted to interview you because I know you live and carry yourself in a God-loving way, not in a God-fearing way. This is what I grew up with this. I remember being a little boy and thinking, if God made us all and he made me this way, then I can't be bad. 
but everything I saw said that I was bad. Mm -hmm. And that was really difficult for me to overcome. The amount of work I had to do to get over that. And I finally came to terms that my God and their version of God were different. That's right. Yeah. And I was just going to say, God is your judge, not those people. Yeah. And so I feel like they are so very much misinformed. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and they don't come to my parties because they're not invited. Because his character is <laughs> one of love. Yeah. How are you going to um, bring people to yourself and not have love? Yeah. And so... This is the great love God manifested yeah. when he died for us, you know, and he wants us to do the same thing with other people. But I tell you, I mean, thank God he made that sacrifice. Otherwise, we would be out of animals. Oh, we'd be We would be dumb. out of animals. Do you know how many lambs you had to sacrifice and animals you had to sacrifice before that happened? Oh, yes. I mean, I was like, oh, my God, we'd be a shortage of animals in the world. That's right. <laughs> um, you know, and my friend Tony, is. I was talking to him a while back about something, and I said I, I was finding myself kind of conflicted and stuck in, a, in a, a space, and we talked about prayer, and he gave me a prayer that was really simple. What mm -hmm. was it? He just said, ask God to show you what it is you're not seeing right now. And I just thought that was a really simple Beautiful, prayer. beautiful, yes. Yeah. And again, whether I call it prayer or call it meditation, but I remember when I found myself stuck, hurt, and I was not reading something correctly, I would say, open my eyes. What am I not seeing? What am I missing that's in front of me? Mm -hmm. And, and I, can, I can do that. Like, I can handle that. I think that's what's beautiful about prayer. I, I do believe that those who are who don't have a higher power or don't have a spiritual guide um, tend to go to their brains to like ask, you know, their brains to give them the answer. And at some point you have to say that I don't have all the answers. Mm -hmm. True. I, I could totally agree with that statement. And so I think that's the beautiful thing about prayer. And then the act of actually getting on your knees and being what? Stop Vanessa it, on her stop knees. It. Never He's gonna go dirty. I'm sorry, Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> Don't blame me you for your short. Boy. Don't blame me you for your shortcomings. No, and, and just bowing your or but getting on your knees or bowing your head in prayer. There's mm -hmm. something really beautiful about that act mm -hmm. that says, I don't have all the answers. I'm not the king of the world. And I can listen to the voices other voices. No, I, I can totally Absolutely. agree with that. I like what you, your comments were on that. Yeah, like the concept of praying before your meals. Mm -hmm. I go, that is just being gracious, is having gratitude and for what you're having. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Call it a prayer. I mean, maybe I don't call it a prayer, but for me to take a few seconds to acknowledge how fortunate I am that I get to eat. Absolutely. That's it. Like, Absolutely. So I think maybe that's where sometimes I get stuck or as I'm evolving as a human, I'm realizing I do love the tradition of things. Yes. The fact that you get together with your family and friends once a week and just bond, not not talking about work, just bonding with each other. Mm -hmm. Call it Judaism, call it Catholicism, Hinduism, I don't, call it whatever you want it. Just do it. The principle's great. Mm -hmm. Yes. And great. you know, and I have to say, this book that I was reading that really helped me a lot with religion, I'm trying to find it now because we're almost out of time, um, is Zealot by Ezra, not Ezra Klein, I think he's a, uh, he's a political person. Um, but it was a really great book that addressed the, they compare the historical times of when Jesus was alive and the Bible and what mm -hmm. and was not and what didn't make sense. And, he, and one of the things that I got from the book, he said, people get stuck on interpreting the Bible for what word for word. And they're missing the message. And the message is what's more important as opposed to 
um, you know, Eve came out of Adam's ribs. Mm-hmm. So, and and I know a lot of people who are just so literal about it that I'm like, oh, there's God gave you freedom. Use it. Open your mind. Like expand. Don't be so stuck on this narrow view. And that's where I think I, it's called Zealot by Reza Aslan. Mm-hmm. Really good book. It really helped me see religion in a more solid, grounded way and got rid of all the fluff. And I was like, oh, I, I get this. I see why this is important. Yeah. So cool. Well, would you like to end on a prayer, Ruth? Oh, we're going to okay. pray. Yes. Since you, I know you like, I know you pray. Okay. <laughs> what a privilege. Let's bow our heads. Dear Jesus, we come to you today. We thank you for having made us. And we thank you for your word that you gave to us that we could read to see how we could stay on course and commune with you and to commune with our friends. Bless Sergio in this new endeavor that he is starting, has started, and the ones that I have met, Vanessa and Regina, and whoever else may come along. Be their guardian. Keep them safely from harm and danger. Bless our family members and those who are not feeling well and strong. Give them the energy that they need to carry on. And please bless me in a special way too as I age. We thank you for this beautiful time that we had together today. And we thank you for loving us and for dying for us that we might have eternal life. Be our guardian, be our friend, and help us to love you till life's end is my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Oh, you were getting a little rhymey there, too. (laughs) (laughs) It just came as I was Yeah, no. Well, thank you for that. And again, I think had I grown up in a household where religion was displayed in the manner that you display it, I probably would have been religious. Well, you still can be. (laughs) <laughs> let's not get ahead. And you are let's a, not get ahead of ourselves. Well, you are in a way, Sergio. But I'm also I'm spiritual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I do I do I'm spiritual and I do believe in karma. I I always try my best not to harm other people because I believe it comes back at you. And yeah. you want to evolve. You you have this natural curiosity and a thirst for knowledge, mm-hmm. which that and that's my attraction to you because I want to be around people who have this sort of thirst for what what is and the unknown and trying to understand. That's that's godlike, isn't it? I Yes, yeah, really that's what is. I got out of the Bible. Oh, Hallelujah, yeah. honey. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming it was by. It's my pleasure. Yes. Until next time. Bye. Amen. 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 <laughs>